Hello out there and welcome to a new episode here at the Virtual Frontier, the podcast about virtual teams created by Virtual Team. Today's topic of our Q&A session is conflict management styles and remote work. Conflict is a great thing because where you have conflict, there is progress. However, some avoid it, others compromise during the conflict or compete with each other. What do I need to know about different conflict management styles? How is conflict handled in my team or company? And why is it so crucial to have agreements in place on how to handle conflict? So without further ado, let's dive into the next CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, Manuel. Um, welcome to a new Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Very happy to have you again. And uh, today, different uh, background setting. Nice to see. Um, our topic today is uh, how to manage conflict, uh, different conflict uh, management styles that are existing. And uh, especially with our uh, background, um, how to handle and uh, manage conflict in the remote and virtual environment. Um, as conflict um, probably can be very tedious and often hidden when when someone is not in front of you. Um, this is a really important topic. So um, <clears throat> I would like to um, ask you first, um, why is conflict in general not a bad thing? <laughs> Good question, because most people would see it as a bad thing. I think it just shows that there is um something to clarify or something to improve because conflict typically happens as two people have different two different perspectives and um yeah the conflict just asks to find an alignment or to find a resolution and if you have alignment that's always a good thing because then you pull the same rope with your team compared to having different perspectives and not seeing it as a conflict will result in two different people moving into different directions. And that can either make the conflict bigger, um, reduce performance of the entire team, um, increase misunderstandings, and basically, yeah, don't don't um, get you the, the optimal performance a team can bring when they are really aligned and look into the same direction. I think this is all conflict or res resolving conflicts is about. Right. And I think you already mentioned that um, if you have an alignment somehow, um, and then we talk about, uh, in, especially with the in a work background, um, about a professional conflict, right? Uh, where we probably you and me have a different opinion about uh, uh, or a different perspective on a on a topic, and we fight about the thing, right? About a solution um, and and the best outcome, um, and <clears throat> then we have on the other side um, probably um, bad conflict when it's not going about the thing when it's going about the persons uh, that are involving so um then we have a bad conflict uh, and that's probably uh, my next question um what to do when um conflict becomes a bad thing so um we are not talking anymore about the the the, the topic or the thing that we want to achieve or uh, the, the the thing itself um we are uh, fighting between people so um what what should we do about that yeah i think well, there is 
Hmm, that's a, that's a difficult question, but I think that there is no real conflict that is because of people. Typically, it's the ego of people, right? When you believe something and you are so convinced that your reality is the ultimate reality and you don't accept the opinion of someone else or the perspective of someone else, then you make this conflict a personal conflict. But what it is, is just a different belief system. It's just a different perspective on something. Um, and you need to identify that. I think this is the most crucial thing that you really identify. What are we arguing about? What is this conflict really about? And very often it's just about some, some terms or some misunderstandings or some uh, different perspectives and belief sets. And if you don't realize that, um, what, what, what makes the conflict even worse, what, what I see very often is that people want to talk about the same thing, but they don't because they are too abstract to identify the root cause of the problem. So basically they talk about the symptoms, try to fight the symptoms instead of identifying the root cause of the symptoms, the so-called problem, and then solve this problem. And once you identify the root cause, it's easy to solve the problem. But most conflicts, they are just yeah, fighting against some symptoms. And that might be personal symptoms that are your personal reaction based on circumstances, based on things someone said to you. Um, yeah, and I think this is the crucial part to really get down to the root cause. I think this is already um, like from the leader perspective, if you're a team lead or a company owner, um, the most crucial thing, right? Um, to get to the to the root cause before starting resolving the conflict, uh, getting to the to the co what is was causing the the conflict in the first place, and really really get to the bottom of it before start uh, resolving some symptoms that uh, probably are the outcome already of the, the conflict, right? Um, Maybe we can uh, dive uh, a bit uh, deeper in that. What can I do when I see as a team lead or company owner that I have a conflict there growing somewhere in my, in my brewing in my company or in my teams um, to dissolve the conflicts? Um, we have we, we already mentioned some uh, um, in the first place, uh, getting to the root cause and what could be the next steps? Yeah, I think that before going to the root cause, I recommend listening to both parties first and ask them what is their current perspective on the subject, why they think this conflict is here, and also maybe explore some potential solutions from them. What, what do they want to see changing in order to resolve the conflict? For example, um, one, one type of conflict happens when team members say, I am so active, I take ownership, I want this other person to be more proactive. And that is hard for the other person because i think if i take the perspective of the other person i would not say i'm not proactive right everyone is convinced that he or she's doing the right thing and just talking about abstract labels like you need to be more proactive which cannot be translated in direct behavior that leads to even more conflict because people they just feel blamed but if you ask people to adopt a specific behavior and this is the only thing people can do Right, that's the only thing that you can do in order to like change something, change your behavior. You don't need to apologize. You don't need to feel guilty. You just need to change behavior. That's everything. But if we demand something abstract that cannot be translated in a change of behavior, then it's so hard for people to understand what do you want me to do? Right. So I think this is the, the important part that every person reflects him or herself 
What do I want from this other person? What do I want him or her to change? And once that is identified, also try to give a reason why that is important. Because um, it might be important for me, but it might not be important for the results of the team or the results of the business. So give the person a reason why this change is important. This change of behavior is important. And that is even more significant if you can relate this change to why it is important for this person, right? Because if it's important for me, why should the person change? Maybe because I'm the boss, that might happen. That is driven by fear. But maybe there is another um, higher level reason that can also motivate a person to adapt and change the behavior. So I would explore these, these things in a team so that it's not only me wanting to resolve the conflict as an outstanding person, but also involve the participants to understand why it's important for them to solve this conflict. And once you I understood that and you, you found a motivation that, um, that aligns these participants of the conflict to solve it, then you can dive into the root cause analysis, which is typically just an outstanding person asking why three to five times, right? For example, the client is not happy. Okay, why is the client not happy? Because we exceeded the budget. Okay, why did we exceed the budget? Because we didn't have a project report showing us that the budget is almost exceeded. Okay, why didn't we have a project report? Because the project managers didn't create it. Why didn't they create it? Because it's so hard to get the data out of our system. Why is that so hard? And then you find the root cause. And at the end, it might be that we need to make it easier to access data from our leadership system to get the transparency we and our clients need. So this is really the the, the, the root cause analysis. And then once you, you were climbing down the ladder, you need to climb it up. And that's the five how. Right, then you have identified, okay, we need to improve the data in our system. So how can we improve that? And then by, let's say by um, creating better reports, how can we do that? By asking our um, data analytics team to come up with a concept for better reports, how can we do that, et cetera, right? So that is how you can come from the symptom to the real problem up to the real solution. That's how I typically try to facilitate meetings when it comes to resolving conflicts and problems. Mm, really interesting, um, especially like the curve that you just uh, um, just described. Mm -hmm. um, and another uh, really important thing is um, when we talk about the different conflict management styles, everyone brings into conversation uh, or maybe the problem itself uh, if there's a conflict. Um, in preparation, I, I just uh, going to mention some of them. Um, <clears throat> there is probably a, a style that is more a collaborative. Um, then we have uh, uh, maybe someone in the team that has more comp uh, competing uh, style of uh, resolving conflicts. Then you have probably someone that is more avoiding uh, avoiding conflict in the first place. On the other side, you have maybe someone that is more accommodating the the conflict. And as someone that is uh, maybe uh, compromising uh, uh, or have a more compromising style of um, con uh, resolving conflicts, and especially if we work uh, in with intercultural teams and all over the globe, um, you will find probably in one of your teams uh, several different uh, conflict management styles uh, that everyone brings to the table. And then you have to find a solution how to get them together, right? Um, if mm -hmm. you have someone that is all, always avoiding conflict, uh, that is more like a passive culture um, that is not like confronting uh, upfront 
and then you have someone that is really competing, then um, there can be um, yeah existing or growing problems um, happening when um, those people are not really aware of which conflict management style each one brings to the table. Um, mm -hmm. how, how you would bring that together and, and, and probably um, by yourself, what would what, you think, um, which, which is your own conflict management style? Because I did some <laughs> assessment, I did some assessment before and I was like kind of uh, surprised. <laughs> what, what my uh, man, conflict management style is? Yes, what do you think or what would you have experienced <laughs> by yourself? I think that changed over time. So let's say three years ago, I was the firefighter. Give me a problem. I solve it and then I give it back to you. That was my initial. I think that's more like yeah, my personality. I think this is what most entrepreneurs have. They cannot see problems. That's why they always try to to catch the problem, solve it and then give it back to the team. But the The problem that comes after this solved problem is that no one owns the solution because it's my solutions and not the one of the team. Um, but what I see most critical is what I said in the beginning already is that very often there are endless discussions when the egos fight against each other to find the best possible solution and there's only one solution. People are not clear which problem they really try to solve. So what i try to do when i see these um these kind of um discussions where it's not really clear for me what they want to accomplish then i just try to ask which problem do you try to solve and then very often it happens like oh hmm? yeah good question which problem do we want to solve and then people they 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 get the awareness that currently it's just a discussion because somebody wants to be right and this won't solve a problem right it just solves the problem that the one person is a winner the other is a loser from their both perspective but the problem the objective problem is not solved so if you ask me which kind of a problem solver i'm right now i i try to facilitate a team so they find a solution because i found this is a better way compared to i find the solution and delegate it to them top down and say okay this is your solution do it that just creates dependencies because what happens is you treat people like basically like children you assume they are not able to solve the problem or conflict themselves and that creates a high dependency because whenever they have a problem or conflict they come to me and ask manuel how can i solve this or even worse how can you solve this for me because you always solve it for me And this is not a driver for building self-managing teams of adult people that grow in their job and get their work done independently from the big daddy, right? So, but now I'm curious, what did you find out? Which uh, type of um, conflict, conflict resolution style do I have? I, 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 don't, I, I don't know about yours. Uh, I just was uh, wondering, okay. uh, I, I was checking on mine and uh, I'm like between uh, with a more tendency to um, a collaboration and on yeah. the other side, like competing style. Um, the competing style comes in when you have like, uh, are you convinced you have uh, you have a solution for something, or you're you um, and and then you fight for for a solution, right? And then yeah. you don't go go away with that. Uh, and that, of course, what I see, especially with our within our company, um, uh, is a lot, a lot of col uh, collaboration, which I think mm -hmm. it's all already um, um, written down in our company values, and uh, and uh, I, I see that pre presented every day um, because yeah. there I, I can't remember. 
well, maybe once uh, um, that we had uh, in, in in my work, I had conflict, a bad conflict with someone in the inside the company. It's always mm -hmm. about uh, collaborating and finding a solution when there's uh, when there's something, and I I, I really do appreciate that uh, working um, in, in with Flash Up, right, and, and Bright Solutions also. Yeah, and I think that's really a deeply rooted cultural thing how you resolve conflicts right if you have a very hierarchical organization with top-down management and, and bosses and managers and then they dictate to other people how they should solve the problem and they they own the truth and others just execute you will never find a collaborative um, solution and um, solve problems in a collaborative way or conflicts And um, but what I also think you don't always need to have a common sense, like if you have um, a conflict between parties of three to five people and you really want to find a common sense that can take days or weeks or even months, you don't you can also disagree and commit. You can say, okay, I understand that. I'm I'm not I'm not agreeing on that, but I find it more important to now move forward and see how it goes. Because having opinions is a good thing. Like if you have five people with different opinions, that's nice, but this is not reality. Reality will only show up when you take one decision, move forward, and then see what happens. And if you just have like five people discussing things and never moving forward, you won't ever see if your solution was a real fit or if it was just an idea based on an opinion that didn't fit into the real world and didn't solve the real problem. So disagreeing and commit is also a good conflict resolution style um, in order to move forward. Yeah, this would be in this uh, in in this case the the more compromising style of of um, resolving conflicts uh, on management style. Um, when you say okay, I, I I disagree, but for for the sake of the good, um, let's just move forward and see what is the outcome. Or probably you say okay, I, I'm maybe it's not the, the the 100% outcome that I was imagining, but uh, I would want to move forward with, uh, with the whole thing and uh, probably take some, um, yeah, less less of what, what, I, what I would like to get, uh, but in the general, the, the whole thing gets moving forward and we're not stuck with the decision process over weeks and weeks, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, um, specifically in the remote environment. Um, I, I talked with that uh, with Tara Powers in another podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, also about uh, this conflict um, and uh, conflicts in remote teams, especially. Um, and I would like to ask you what you think. Why uh, it's specifically specifically in in remote environments so important to have like agreements how we manage conflicts, right? This can be different for teams in, in different team settings. Um, but why is it so important to have like specific agreements in place um, when it comes to conflict, right? For um, And how to handle the conflict in the first place? Yeah, because if you are in a physical office, you might see people more regularly and then you look in their face and then you see, oh, something is not good with you. What's going on, right? And then you have a little bit of small talk and this and that. And then you meet uh, another time and then the person says, oh, I appreciate that you asked me. Let's talk about this. So here's my problem, right? Then this happens more by accident. But in a remote environment, people need to be more aware and more conscious about their problems and their conflicts they carry within themselves and they need to actively talk about it because otherwise it won't get solved because you don't see each other so often 
that I don't see your face every day, what I would do when we were in the same place in an office. And then like I, I meet you like every every week when we have the podcast. Maybe you have a good day, maybe not, but I don't see your conflict. And we are not so often engaging with each other and communicating with each other that conflicts all of a sudden come to the surface. And that's why I think you need to have a culture where you know you can talk about conflicts openly with a goal to solve them. And where there is a trusted environment where having a conflict or having a problem doesn't mean you will get punished or you will be blamed or something. It's something that needs to be solved. So we appreciate that someone brings it to the surface, but they need to do it actively. Yeah. Right. Um, so last question from, from my side for today. Um, what do you do if um, you have a conflictive situation inside your team and probably you are, you are the cause uh, or you are, you're personally involved somehow um, as, a, as a team lead or a company owner? Uh, and this can be sometimes difficult as, as you are like the leader or the, the company owner and people will act or behave differently um, if they do it with the team, within the team. So the question is how how I behave if there's a conflict where I'm personally involved. For example, I suppose yeah. it was not, not especially, specifically for you, but in general, yeah. like when, when you're personally involved as a company owner or as a team lead and people will act differently or behave differently in respect of. Yeah, I think this is the biggest opportunity to act like a role model and solve the conflict as it should be solved, right? And um, show a behavior related to a conflict that should be like a role model or a blueprint for resolving conflicts within the team. Typically what happens, you know, there is uh, this, I'm not sure if this is a German, a German sentence, um, the fish smells from the head, right? Mm, if you have a toxic um, conflict or problem resolution patterns or behaviors from the leaders, most likely your team has it and even worse. So if there is a conflict, whenever there is something complicated, it's a good opportunity to show up as a role model and yeah, act as it should be. Right. That's how I, how, I, how I do it. And I always remind myself that I don't solve the, the conflict or the problem now for myself. I solve it so that others can see how I want the culture in our company to be when it comes to solving conflicts and problems. Cool. Manu, thank you very much for, for another round here at the Q&A session at the Virtual Frontier. I would say we see each other next week and I hope we um, have a conflict-free week. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I wish you the same. Thank you very much, Daniel. Have a good, Take care. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. This was a very interesting and important discussion. I want to thank Manuel for the great input about how to handle conflict in your teams and what approaches you can try to make the most out of conflicts in your organization. If you want to learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, working with global top talents and make work better, visit flashup.io to get free access to the Virtual Business Builder training. Learn in this free training how you can build, grow and scale your business with virtual teams and global freelancers. You can subscribe to the Virtual Frontier on Apple Podcasts, Google Player, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube or wherever podcasts can be found. And while you're there, you can leave us a review. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers. <laughs>